and welcome back to yet another edition of the Jet Stream. I think this is episode two. Not I think, I know this is episode two of the 2021 season. And with me this week, as always, is my co-host, my partner in crime, the Red Rifle himself, Connor Sheeran. How are we doing this week? What's up, Jesse? I'm back. Well, well we're back. I wasn't I'm here back. last week. I'm so pissed that I couldn't talk to DJ with you, but uh, we are back. And I was just reflecting, because uh, we were talking a little bit about the game, about... Uh, how you guys all, all told me how much I look like our, our buddy James Morgan. Yes. And upon looking at him again, I realized that I do kind of look like James Morgan. So <laughs> I might have to run with that again this year. I think I saw you like six different times in the city this weekend too. So. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <just bouncing> around. <laughs> yeah. Saw you on TV. I'm seeing you now. I saw you in the city. Yeah. I was like, I did like six double takes. I was like, wait a second. No, that's not him. Uh, also joining us this week, a very special guest. She is the host of Pace's Playbook with Play Like a Jet. Kayla Pace, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely, and thanks for coming on. Uh, we've been meaning to invite you on. We, you know, we wanted to do something um, with different Jets personalities throughout Twitter uh, and have them on throughout the season, and we decided, you know, what better person to start us off with than uh, Pace's Playbook herself uh, <laughs> and get, get you on the show. And, you know, I think that it's a nice change of pace from hearing from a beat writer. You know, we're all fans here. We're not we're not covering the team per se, uh, even though we kind of are. But you know, we're not at we practice. Like, we we're like not... to clown on beat writers too, so they don't like when like we just bring them on afterwards and try to be nice to them. Then we right. to them exactly. Yeah, I got so, yeah. in a little bit of trouble uh, over the weekend with with a take or two on that, <laughs> um, and we can talk about that later. Uh, but we're gonna focus on the Jets, not not us. Um, there was a football game this past weekend, folks. There was, a there was a football game, and there was a team that was wearing green and white, and we got to watch them. It was great. Um, they don't get to say that often. I know. Normally, it's a chore to watch this team. Yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Kayla, you're the you're the special guest. We'll start with you. What was your reaction to Saturday? Just you know, ten foot, ten thousand foot view. Your, your reaction to Saturday night's game. Yeah, so I think that for a game that people were excited about, it showed a lot of what we hoped to see. Like so the units that we wanted to look good looked good. Zach Wilson looked good, not excellent, but he looked like he belonged out there, I think. Um, and that's to be seen whether that holds up against better competition because I don't think we saw really any giant starters, just a handful. Mm -hmm. So I kind of went into that game looking at their lineup and thinking, all right, we're not going to learn that much. Like we're going to see how they look out there together as a team against somebody else that hasn't played against them. But in terms of skill wise, we didn't really see any like big matchups and that is to be expected. It's the preseason game one. But um, I liked what I saw out there. I was particularly impressed with the run game. I'm sure we'll dive into more stuff like that later. But there was flashes that I wanted to see. I was pleasantly surprised by some units. And I think overall, you can walk away from that as a Jets fan thinking, this team is better than it was last year, deeper than it was last year. And it's going to be something that you look forward to watching on Sundays. Connor. Agreed. I think, like Kayla was saying, I thought the debut of Zach Wilson was good, not great. There were a couple times that, uh, I'm sure you guys can agree that, you know, we, you could see him when he's looking down. He's not really going progressions a little bit. He's kind of staring down receivers. And um, there's obviously the pass at the end of their very first drive that I think if they were playing against better competition probably would have been intercepted and that shut down the drive. But, uh, you know, yeah, like Kayla said, I think he, he looks like he belongs out there. And uh, judging from some of the um, highlights that kind of came out afterwards of just him kind of interacting with some of the guys in the field, it looks like they're all kind of like, 
meshing well together so far. And um, I know we don't want to suddenly turn into like a, uh, an entire fan base that just shits on the last quarterback, Sam Darnold. But I mean, like he just, he definitely just looked a little bit more comfortable out there than Sam did, you know, I mean, even just last at, season at points. Like, just, I mean, just, just look at his feet. I mean, yeah, he, I, and he's, he's bouncing around. He, he's got in Sam's defensive points, the, the offensive line looked just so much better than mm-hmm. it has in just so long. I mean, even with like a couple of the players being the exact same as they were last year, uh, I mean, Vera Tucker wasn't out there really. It was, you know, it was still Beckton, McGovern, um, Van Rose. Was, was it, was it Font at right tackle? They, uh, or was it, was it Moses. the other? Moses. Moses. Yeah. So him and yeah. him, Moses and Beckton allowed zero pressures, which was fantastic. Right. And then, Wait, so, you, so you guys are telling me that you weren't impressed with Sandra Platzgummer? Or uh, Rice and John on the Giants, <laughs> or what's his uh, Clayton Thorson? Clayton Thorson. <laughs> I liked I liked him just because he's got an awesome name. Clayton. I, I just saw. I'm like looking through the box score and I saw Sandra Platzgummer and I was like, that is just. That was the. I mean, it was fantastic. like. That was, this 40, year, that was this year's Victor Cruz play. Yeah, you had a 40. I mean, I stopped watching at that point, and yeah. so I'd never. I. That's why I'm finding out about this gentleman right now. Uh, but a 48-yard, you know, run. But enough about the Giants. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree with bo- all the points that both of you made. I think that, you know, we love to say don't pay attention to practice throws. You know, all the videos we're seeing these days and all the the play-by-play from the beat writers and whatnot. Um, this is the first time where we can actually look at Zach Wilson and look at the offensive line and look at the, the new the new look defensive line. You know, I thought Sheldon Rankins on that first play, I think it was the first or second play of the game, did a nice little swim move inside and just absolutely obliterated Clayton Thorson. Uh, and I was like, I, I, re, I rewound. I was like, yo, who, who was 98? Who was that guy? He was moving. And I, I rewound like three times just to make sure I was I got it right. And I was like, oh, my God, like he's like our backup interior defensive tackle and he's doing that. Now, granted, again, this is against, you know, the Sandra Platzgummers of the world. <laughs> and, the, and the Giants offensive line. Like and the they, Gi- yeah. Their starter their starters aren't very good. Like, but I think that I think that it was it was just you know, they're, they're, you go into each season kind of having an idea of like what position groups are gonna be what and you know you 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 follow the team throughout this throughout the pre the preseason and the and the and OTAs and training camp and you're you're looking at different reports and who's who's excelling and who's not. And Everything that everyone's been saying is that this defensive line is going to be like the real deal. And just to even, even against backups, it was kind of like our backup. Like there was no, there was no uh, Quinn in there. You know, it was, mm-hmm. it was just encouraging. I didn't think, did Carl Lawson even play? Like I didn't. First series. Yeah, the first series. Right. So like you're not getting, you didn't get the, the full scope of how good this d-line could be but also you kind of did get a nice idea of just how dominant and we'll talk about them soon uh we can go we'll, we'll go through that i you know, we can go through the highlights but my question to both of you and i kind of brought this up at the beginning of my little monologue right there was how much does this game matter like realistically in the grand scheme of things because you know i was going through twitter today and i saw a graphic from 2017 of sam darnold with an 80 PFF passing grade or whatever in his first preseason game. So like, obviously this is a classic overreaction Monday, but mm-hmm. Connor, how much does this game actually matter? It matters for morale. I think for the fan base and for the team. I mean, 
Yeah. The, the Darnold first preseason game is also, you have to remember that Darnold didn't start that preseason game. He came in afterwards. That's right. That's right. So Wilson being in there from the jump, even if the Giants weren't playing like any of their starters, really. I mean, would I, I think we'd all feel like so much better about it if Wilson went out there and did what he did and they were, he was throwing against like James Bradbury and the Giants starting secondary and stuff. Like we would right, be losing right. our minds right now. But I mean, there's enough. I mean, this, these are like guys that you want to start. What, who you want to see start. This is what they're supposed to be doing against backups and players that aren't starting. They're supposed to go out there. They're supposed to hit, uh, you know, their receivers exactly where they need to be. I mean, that, that throw to uh, who got it, who caught it across the middle. Um, the dart. That was, that was, um, it was Keelan Cole. Yeah. I mean, look at, I mean, that pass, it, it zipped in there. That's exactly what you want to see. He put it right in his chest, right on target. Like, these are, yeah, these are the things you want to see. And just from a pure, you know, you get a little excited. It's hard not to get amped up, see what can happen, you know, especially when you're playing the Giants. It doesn't matter if it's preseason. You like Snoop- to go and rub it in your Giants fans. Snoopy Bowl, right? The Snoopy Bowl. You like to do it. You know? Kayla, are we buying or are we selling? How much, how, mu- how much stock you put into this? So along those lines, I tweeted before the game, I was like, this game doesn't matter unless we beat the Giants. Then it matters. <laughs> like, exactly. Reality, I think it's the opposite. Like, if I think this game only would have mattered if everyone went out there and looked horrible. Like, I think that that would be way more weight. Like, it would have a lot more weight in my head than if they went out there and, like, played fine. Because it's like, okay, yeah, I hope you guys look good against the second and third team for the Giants. Like, that, I would be way more concerned if you watched the opposite end of the spectrum. And not that it was some, like, high-scoring game where they looked, like, elite on all sides. Like, no, it wasn't like that. And we all saw it. But I do think that it showed that, like, they can execute what they've been practicing. And right. that's great to see. Um, and I don't think that Robert Salas' goal was to go out there and run up the score either. I think that they were just trying to get get some good plays going and know that they could and try some new things. And at the end of the day, these preseason games are still just practice. And you don't yeah. want to don't want to panic about practice reps. You want to make sure that they're testing these things out right now when it doesn't matter, so they know what's going to work come game time, week one. Mm-hmm. Now, hold up, real quick. I I do think I will say I think that Robert Sala would be thrilled if we put up more than 12 points <laughs> in any game <laughs> i think I, I hope that his like his bar is a little bit higher than that than the adam gase bar yeah, yeah. Uh, no but i totally under, i totally get your point uh no i, I very much agree uh, there's specific points i want to we'll, we'll we're gonna get into it because we're gonna go through like the position groups and whatnot but i think that just it felt nice to have an adult running things and it's felt nice to have an adult running things for the last two years really with Joe Douglas and now we're seeing it on the field with the coaching staff even in the post-game locker room you know um it wasn't like a a typical bullshit like you guys played tough and you you, you ran really hard and I'm proud of you boys or if things looked really good on the practice field they just didn't translate to Sunday yeah no if I hear that from Robert Sala, I might just walk out. I might just say, I can't, I can't hear that again, man. I can't do yeah, it. No, he was like, he was like, go home. I know you're off tomorrow, but go home and watch the tape and get better from this. Like tangible things, things that like you want an adult telling, like, you know, a, a boss telling an employee. That yeah, you know, I was gonna say an adult telling a kid, but like, you know, these are adults telling adults. <laughs> You know, well, in Zach Wilson's case, you know, he looks like he's like still a kid, so it works. No, it he's, a, he's a short, he's a short, rich, snobby kid, Connor. <laughs> That's all. He, oh yeah, 
Colin Coward. He's 6'3", six, he's but he's small and, <laughs> and rich and entitled. A quarterback in the NFL is rich. Can you is he believe it? 6'3", Zach Wilson? Six, three. He looks so much smaller than that. He looks so much smaller. I mean, granted, maybe it's like you see a picture yeah. of like literally anyone next to Makai Becton, so they look like they're like the tiniest human on the planet. Like a picture of like Carl Lawson standing next to Makai Becton, and it's like comical how much <laughs> how small he makes. Zach but, Wilson is taller than Carl Lawson. And that's that's even that's even Carl Lawson's 6'2". He's just really fast. That's why uh, Becton's been struggling. Which, you know what? I'm glad that he's facing a guy that he struggles against because it's just going to make him better and better. Iron iron. Yeah. We're going to get into that. Like I've been saying, we're going to get into a whole lot of stuff. Um, more, you know, we were at a 10,000 foot view. Let's get, let's get a little bit lower. Who or what impressed you the most this weekend? Connor, let's start with you. Uh, I would say... Player specific, Denzel Mims overall the running game. I think the running game gives us the most to get excited about as far as the offense goes, just because you know we just didn't see a ton from Wilson enough to get like you know super pumped about it. But right. the running game, what we saw, is what we're probably going to see most of. I think just because this is the offense that the Jets are going to be running, and it's going to be like going straight through you know the running game to open things up for Wilson and not the uh, type of running where they're running on like second and 10 up the middle with Frank Gore or third and 11. And they're running up the middle with Frank Gore or something like that. They're using the you're line. Giving, you're giving and, me heartburn. Just even. I, 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 jo- I joked that I said like when they ran at one point on like second and 10 up the middle and I was like, it's happening again. <laughs> it's happening again. Like, um, but I think that the pass blocking, we still aren't totally sure, but that run blocking scheme looked Excellent. Yeah. On, on Saturday, and that was without Elijah Vera Tucker. They were opening up the lanes. They the guys were hitting them. You know, Michael Carter, Ty Johnson. They looked great. Um, more so Ty Johnson, I felt, than Michael Carter. But um, we didn't see uh, Tevin Coleman. But I think we all kind of know at this point what Tevin Coleman can do as a professional running back. And then uh, Michael Pirine kind of popped up towards the end of the game too. He scored the touchdown for the Jets. So I think that. Um, I think that the running game got me pretty, yeah, got me pretty excited about that. And then Denzel Mims, you know, he apparently he's the beat writer's favorite target this training camp, and he's just like on the roster bubble permanently, apparently. But he went out there and he was basically, I think his statement from the game on Saturday was just like, you think you, you think that they're going to cut me? I'm going to go hang like 51 yards and drag like six giants for like 15 yards. That's what we're going to do. So. He's earned a spot. <laughs> Kayla? Yeah. So what I was going to say was I think the most pleasant surprise was definitely the run game, simply because they're probably like the least hyped, least talked about in camp. And, um, I mean, you see those guys on the roster, and you see guys that are capable of being good running backs, but you don't think, oh, these are a bunch of superstars. Like, they've got this guy that's going to go out there and really knock everyone's socks off. And you don't really think that when you look at the depth chart. So to see, like, Ty Johnson, a guy like that, who had a couple good games last year where he got the chance to go out there and was probably one of the better Jets running backs in the couple of snaps that he got to take last season. Um, and you see him go out there and do well. I mean, you always love to see something like that because it just goes to show that, like, they've got, like, depth guys that can go, like, 
all of them can go out there and get a couple yards, and that's great. And it doesn't necessarily have to be some star. It can be just some guys that are going to get you down the field with a solid rotation of people you can depend on. So you like to see stuff like that. And then, I mean, I think obviously, kind of goes without saying, the most impressive unit on the field was the defensive line. Mm -hmm. And um, I was excited to see uh, Nasraldine out there make a big play right there at the beginning. I never understood why he dropped in the draft in the first place. My my day job is college football. Like, I love the Jets, love the NFL. <laughs> what I do all day long at work is college football. So I I was looking at him, not really understanding, and I'm glad that he's going out there and showing his worth. And I've been rooting for him since the Jets picked him up. I thought that was a great pick for he, them. He, he was a Florida State guy, right? Yes, he was. So what, did he have, like, a knee injury or something? Is that why he fell? <laughs> he did have an injury. He did have an injury and had a little bit of trouble bouncing back. But, I mean, the hey, skill that the guy has. We'll take it. Absolutely. The price all, you know. And... It's, that's when having Salah as your coach ends up being a great thing. Because, you know, like, I, I wanted Arthur Smith. He was my, like, lead candidate. I wasn't mad about Salah by any means. Mm-hmm. But you see a, a Salah and an Arthur Smith, who's got a better chance of picking out that low-round linebacker? It's Salah. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that we ended up with him. And now Nasraldine, I think he'll end up being a big playmaker. So I'm Yeah, he was listed with the ones, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's big. That's big. Um, all right. My my winner kind of builds off of your winner, and that is my winner is Mike LaFleur because the the it's not just the run game, it's the run designs that he's that he's implementing. And it's made me it's just you could tell that he was with the 49ers the last like three or four years. Mm-hmm. That that was the biggest takeaway that I had. If you think about the 49ers over the last since Kyle Shanahan got there, and Kyle Shanahan is the king of the run game. He everything that he does revolves around the run game, and you build off of that. So when I'm watching that run game, the different you know the different you know counters and and power runs and all these different formations that they're running, I'm thinking, all right. So when the 49ers have a running back that goes down, what happens? The next guy steps up and just fits right in. Mm-hmm. Tevin Coleman goes down in 40 in, with, with the 49ers. Jarek McKinnon steps in. Jarek McKinnon steps gets hurt. Matt Breida comes in. Who who steps in for him? Raheem Mostert. Like <laughs> all these people, and like these are all names that like if you play fantasy football or you just watch the red if you watch red zone, like these guys are breaking off 80 yard runs like all the time. Happened against the Jets last year. So like exactly. Who so, who got that? Who was that? That was Mostert? that was that was either Mostert or Breda. Yeah. It was one of the two. It was I Mostert. Think it was early in the season for Mostert, no? Was that like yeah, a second? I think that was the game where like 17 49ers got hurt. It was at MetLife. That's oh, when they yeah. lost Bosa. That's when they lost um Solomon lost Thomas. Solomon Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. Was it? Was that, was, it was after was it the, Jeffrey was after Wilson? The, uh, or Austin Walter? Austin Walter. Yeah. Either way. Yeah, either way. Exactly. Exact, exact, exact. That's the point, though. Like, these are just names, and, like, these guys are just – they just – they plug and play in San Fran, and we are implementing a very similar style offense. Short, intermediate passes, get the ball out of his hands quickly. I'm talking about Zach Wilson. And then the run game. I honestly, like, if you asked me to predict who would lead the team in rushing yards – you know, you look. You can look at the depth chart and be like, "Oh, it's Michael Perrine or Tevin Coleman." Those guys like got no touches on Saturday. Now I don't know like what the plan was. It could have just been, "Hey, let's get the younger guys some touches," right? Even though Michael Perrine's like in his second year, but Tevin Coleman like didn't really touch the ball. You know, 
I would not be upset if we just ran. We went. We went four deep, and whoever had the hot hand, and you just it, you just rely on the scheme and not the player. Right. Because at the end of the day, the, the most successful teams, you know, obviously you want to have talent, but the scheme is just as, if not more, important. Right. And in a run game, I mean, it's all about getting the blocks downfield, and you know, obviously this offensive line is. It, it, we, we could already tell it's better than it was last year. So that combined with the, the new the new run scheme, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of chunk runs, and that's going to help Zach Wilson immensely. Um, and that kind of kind of goes into uh, well, Jesse, you know, I mean, I, what do, what, do we, what do we say ad nauseum on the Gotham Slack that running backs don't matter? Yes, don't. don't you don't do what the Giants did, and you don't draft Saquon Barkley at two. You Even know, your team is immensely better with a player like Saquon or Derrick Henry or Dalvin Cook or any of these guys, but you just don't invest all that money into that position because of what you're just saying. It makes I me mean, so sad that Saquon. I know, it, yeah. a As a Penn book. State guy, it's probably going to bum you out. Everything that's happening. <laughs> well, I get it, it, it. Yeah, but like he, you know, I mean, it's not his fault. It's no. I blame Dave Gettleman. That's where we're leaving. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on. We talked about the positive. Who or what unit do you want to see more from after Saturday? It's a little, took a little negative. Kayla. I mean, I want to see more from Zach Wilson. I mean, six for nine, that's not really showing me much. I, I want him out there longer. I want him to have a chance to make more plays. And if he messes one up, like, have more time to do it a couple more times. Like, it's it's a matter of he's got to get reps, and just doing it at practice isn't really going to show enough. And like I, I said this before on Play Like a Jet last week, um, you don't actually know how good – these players are if they're only going up against their own team or they're only going up against somebody else's third team. Mm -hmm. Like you need to find out how good they are against starters in the NFL. And he's not going to learn that if he's only out there for a couple reps. And I know this week will probably lend more to that because more starters are going to play in, in week two of the preseason and more than probably will any other week. Cause they're not going to play in week three. Mm -hmm. So um, it's, this is going to be a good match for him this week. But I, I don't think that we really know anywhere near enough what he's capable of heading into week one at this point. Yeah, you know, I'm actually interested to see how much they play in week three and like how coaches deal with that. Because there's only two teams that play four games, and that's the what's the Steelers and the Cowboys. Yep. So they'll like probably do it like normal. But everybody else, like, are, are they like is based on what the Jets are doing so far, it feels like they could do week three based off of the progression because normally right they would do like two drives in the week one for like a four-week preseason and then they'll do like a quarter in week two and then a full half in week three and then that's it and then you like sit game four and you see like the, what the the random scrubs are on your team can do and if anybody wants to make the team at the last second connor what do you think you know i feel bad saying this but i want to see more from our perennial, as Connor Hughes said it, the perennial breakout candidate, Chris Herndon. He's just, it just makes me so sad what happened, what's happened to Chris, you know? And I'm going to say it to him directly when he's listening. Chris, we're all sad because <laughs> you just, I just, I just don't know what's happening with you, man. You got Tyler Croft and Ryan Griffin out there getting more reps, getting more, and Tyler Croft, like, I don't know what that, I don't, I don't care for that man, but 
I, 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 I just. He's I, a good blocking tight end. He's a good blocking tight end. He's better. What do you mean? Oh, I don't know if he's he's Tim Tebow good at blocking. Dude. But <laughs> all time. Clip. That was that was all time so, clip. Don't get was, me started on Tim Tebow on this podcast. Mets legend. Mets legend. That was so that was embarrassing. That was bad. I didn't even but, realize when I was watching or who it was. I was like, why are we see-? like? I was like watching Sports Center today, and they're like showing this clip over and over again. I'm like, who is like who's this tight end on the Jaguars? Oh, Tim T. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Just won't give up. Just won't give yeah. up. And yeah, then, not great. I, I think on the other end, uh, another probably a boring pick, but I want to see more from. I think, but I think it's applicable for the Jets because they haven't had a solid kicker, and I don't know how long. And I don't know if you guys saw before we signed on, but Chris, as our friend DJ puts him, Chris, the place kicker, was cut. <laughs> was cut. He did yeah. not make the team. So I'm still uh, upset about Ficken. Yeah, Sam. I'm still. I don't. I'm still sad. I'm still upset about Jason Myers and. Mike McCagnan not bringing him back. Oh, I agree. That, uh, that, that name has been banned from this podcast. <laughs> you should know that. As many other front office and coaching players, people with the Jets, they've been banned uh, in absentia for, uh, from this podcast forever. Um, but, yeah, I would say tight ends, kickers, maybe boring selections, but I think um, it's just been such – both of those areas have kind of been just so wishy-washy for this team for so long on the offense that mm-hmm. I think – that uh, more so the kicker that it's, it just, I just need to see someone that I, I don't have like many panic attacks when they're out there trying to take kicks at like, like the 35 yard line. Like, <laughs> Not everybody can have Justin Tucker. Not everyone can have Justin Tucker. So, Kayla, I'm with you. I want to see more out of Zach Wilson. Not like in terms of like, like not necessarily production. Just I want to see more of them. I want to. I want to. I I'm I'm craving some some Zach Wilson content. You know, Um, because I really didn't get to watch him at BYU. And I'm sure you know, in in your job at CBS, you you watch college football all all, pretty much all day every day. So you've seen plenty of him. (laughs) You've you've seen plenty of him. Uh, But like I like caught like a little bit of that coastal Carolina game and I've seen like some highlights and then I saw that those two drives and that's really it you know um yes he's gonna get more time next weekend but he's also gonna, he's also practicing against the Packers all week which mm-hmm. is gonna be a really great experience um and you know I don't know like what the deal is if like he gets to like like shadow Aaron Rodgers at all but like <laughs> maybe Man, they could like maybe they could like you know hang out a little bit maybe like grab a bite to eat after talk some talk some shop you know <laughs> follow him home <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you know? aaron how about jeopardy huh you trying to watch it <laughs> big fan of 50 shades of gray aaron yeah <laughs> um so yeah i mean you know let's uh let's get a little you know cross conference uh chemistry going and you know aaron everybody says he plays like you you know you should want to you already you're oh, no. like listen, Aaron. You don't like the quarterbacks on your team as it is. Like, there's other quarterbacks that are wearing green that you can hang out with and teach <laughs> and mentor. You know, we wouldn't hate that. Um, so yeah, I want. I just want to see more from him. I want to see more uh, throws. I'm. I'm. I have been very vocal on this podcast and on on the Bird app that I wanted Justin Fields, and he looked awesome this weekend. Um, and so you know. Match that level, dude. I want you. I want you looking at Green Bay's box scores and being like, I got to do better than that guy, mm-hmm. and I got to do better than that guy in Jacksonville. You know, 
I got to do better than that guy up in New England. I got to say that all of the rookies, they did play. None of them played poorly this weekend. Everybody had a highlight. As much as as it pains me to admit that Mac Jones actually looked kind of good, you know. Yeah, none of them played poorly. I mean, I know that I think all Jets fans were kind of like waiting to pounce on like if Trevor Lawrence threw like an interception or something like that, just to, you know, just to get ready for that. But or if obviously if Mac Jones did just because he's with New England. But, you know, you see what Cam Newton said today. I saw something. I saw his name pop up. But Cam, Cam said that Bill has not named the week one starter yet. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, uh. The end of our the end the end of our fun is is quickly approaching, folks. Okay. Um, Like I think my biggest pet peeve in all of like college NFL football is trying to predict which college quarterbacks are going to pan out. I think it's the most unpredictable nonsense ever, and I don't think anyone ever actually has a clue. And like you don't, it's you don't think uh, you don't think McShay and uh, and uh, Kuiper do a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's, it's impossible to predict. Okay, and like take this. Tad, Tad, Tad. I was a Baker Mayfield diehard, and I still love Baker Mayfield. I wanted him on the Jets. That's where that's the quarterback that I wanted. I did not want mm-hmm. Sam Darnold. If Baker Mayfield ended up on the Jets, he would be, probably be out of the league by now. Yeah. And I don't think that speaks to Baker. I think that speaks to the team he would have ended up with. Mm-hmm. So it's all it's all a crapshoot. There's no predicting which quarterback is going to pan out. It's which one gets lucky enough to end up with a team that's going to put him in the right spot. That's same, it. Thing with, same thing I, with Josh I, Allen. Yeah. Everyone is just because Josh, Josh Allen and Darnold are best buds. And they live like down the street from each other in Southern California in the offseason. They've been endlessly compared to. You put Josh Allen on the Jets and Darnold on the Bills in this scenario. Darnold, I don't know the difference, but Darnold would be signing be that extension with the Bills like Josh yeah. Allen just did. So I, I agree. And I think that the guy who's the most, the, he, it's the person who has the best chance to fill that, uh, that Sam Darnold. Uh, role i guess is that what we're calling it the sam darnold you know type mold where you where you join a team that's terrible and you get screwed by them um <laughs> trevor lawrence is gonna is gonna deal with that in jacksonville i don't know if he's gonna be like you know traded after three years uh bad like sam darnold was but you know jacksonville has a, a quite a lot of building to do on that roster um and trevor looked good he made some really good throws mm-hmm. uh but this is a, this is a, we're talking about Zach Wilson here. Enough about, yeah. enough about the other <laughs> guys. Yeah. Zach Wilson, and this is a perfect transition because he was our next topic. Zach Wilson looked awesome. Um, and and when I say awesome, I mean just six of nine. He's he was accurate. He was decisive. The three drops, I'm pretty sure. At least I know for a fact two of them were because the wide receiver fell down on the route, mm-hmm. and they were timing routes. Um, so at worst he threw one like real incompletion he looked accurate decisive he looked comfortable above all else connor what was your biggest takeaway from zach wilson that i mean pretty much you just kind of hit the nail on the head there i think another big thing is just i'm excited to kind of see the chemistry that he's been developing with some of these receivers and i think most notably elijah moore who we yeah. didn't get to see on saturday in all likelihood, won't see this coming Saturday in Green well, Bay. He, he's already been ruled out, I'm pretty sure. Was he? Okay. Which is good. I don't care. You know, leave him to, by judging. Yeah, fine, you know. it's good. He, leave him he, to week he, one. He'll be fine. By all accounts, he'll be fine. So don't even don't even risk it. Uh, 
but yeah, I mean, seeing what he can do with some of these receivers, also with um, Connor Houston, another big part of what LaFleur's offense is going to be is doing a lot of, you know, design kind of bootleg plays. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a, you know, Off the you're, play not quarter, action. you're not a quarterback that wears the visor unless you can move. And Wilson was out there doing his thing, you know, and it helps obviously that the offensive line can create a good pocket for him. Something again, that Darnold never had, you know, and it also goes to show about the difference in coaching that, and we've said it a couple of times at this point, the offensive line is made up of pretty much the same players at this point that it were, that they were last year. I mean, we didn't, like we said, we didn't see Barry Tucker. We saw more of Moses, but everyone else played last year and right. on the Jets offensive line and they looked leagues better somehow. It's almost like, you know, the offensive coaching staff last season sucked like compared to the guys that are there now. So I think once, yeah, once we can kind of just truly see this like on the field chemistry against non jets kind of opponents, uh, is really where we'll, we'll be able to kind of get a true sense of where Wilson's going to be. And that first interception is going to come. That first fumble is going to yeah, come. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be right. As long as it doesn't happen on the very first play of his career and it's not a pick six, I think we can say that this is an improvement. <laughs> are we, we going to win 48 to, to 12 that game also? I mean, the rest of that game was awesome, but like that first one, <laughs> that yeah. first play. <laughs> he was seeing ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> Kayla, what was, uh, you know, I think you've, we've, we've definitely hit on a lot of different notes. Anything else you have, uh, have to say on the, the very first appearance of Zach Wilson in green and white? Yeah, so I just want to kind of reiterate what you were saying, too. Like, he's accurate. And that was, like, my favorite quality of him when he was, you know, yet to be drafted. When he was coming out of college, one of the things you notice about him, I mean, he threw 33 touchdowns and three interceptions. He had, like, a record-breaking completion percentage at BYU. And you see that, and you're like, okay, people are going on and on about his quality of opponent, and is that going to line up with, like, NFL competition? But accuracy is not dependent on who your opponent is if you can throw the ball to the right spot that's a skill that you have and it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter who your opponent is and yep. i think it comes more down to um i mean is he gonna have time to throw the ball and it seems that the answer might be yes obviously once again noting the competition it's the second and third team for the giants but i think that it's important to note like no matter what's going to happen if he can throw the ball accurately that's a leg up and that's going to be an extremely important skill, especially as he's learning schemes and he's learning timing and things like that. If he yeah. can fall to the right spot, then other people can adjust accordingly. Not saying that they should have to, but if they do, knowing exactly where it's going is going to be super helpful to getting this offense going. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that, like I said at the beginning, accurate, decisive, you look comfortable. The thing that we need to be looking for the most with Zach Wilson is – his decision making in my opinion and we didn't we we only saw two drives and both were definitely heavily scripted and you know we're not we haven't seen him in a late game situation we haven't seen him in a two-minute drill yet but the biggest issue sam darnold had he he can make every throw he he can move or if you remember that touchdown he had it was a monday night that long run he had you know he could run he could do he could he was strong the biggest issue he had was he was a terrible decision maker. Like just like seeing ghosts, seeing ghosts. And that is, that is something that, that Zach Wilson can't afford to have. He can't have that in his, in his arsenal. Um, We need, you know, 33 to three 
I didn't know that. That is a very good touchdown interception ratio. Something that Sam Darnold didn't even come close to at USC. And obviously the competition's a little bit better in the Pac-12 than uh than BYU when BYU's playing. Um, but as long as as long as we see him build, and I want to see him in the two-minute drill, I want to see him in pressure pressure situations going forward in the preseason before we get to the regular season. Um, as long as we don't see the turnovers. And that was something that DJ was talking about last week, saying that he hasn't really seen that in practice and that the, the turnovers he has had is more of like he was kind of just feeling out the defense and, and testing things and seeing what he can get away with, which also Zach talked about in the press mm-hmm. conference. That was a question that he answered. Um, it, it, it feels like from what DJ said that the turnovers he's had are more of him, like I said, testing things out, getting the feel for the defense, seeing what people are capable of, seeing can I – can I get that ball to Denzel right on, on a, on a go route? You know, can I fit that on an out route to, to Corey Davis things that they're practicing? And, and it, it's not, it, he said it, it didn't feel like it, they were poor decisions. It was more of just a, you know, a good play by the defender, or he was just kind of testing things out. So that's encouraging. And that's something I want to continue to see as we go forward. The only way he's able to do that though, is with, a good offensive line. And we've touched on this a lot. So we don't need to spend a lot of time on it, but they did their job. You know, no, no pressures on Zach Wilson, uh, you know, 10 for 10 from both Becton and Moses. This run, the, the biggest takeaway I had was that this team's going to be run first mm-hmm. and that is going to help this offensive line. And that is going to help Zach Wilson immensely throughout the season. And I think that we're underrating how important that's going to be for his development. Sam Darnold didn't have that. Like, not even close. He didn't have like he he had Frank Gore. He had who who were his running backs? I'm, I'm like, Le'Veon I'm, Bell. Duh. Who? Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell. Oh, that's right. Le'Veon. <laughs> oh my God. Remember that? Remember that? that guy that was on the team. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah, so I guess we did have Le'Veon Bell, but even then, he was pretty washed at that point. It felt like, like we figured we figured that out fairly quickly. Yeah. And also, I mean. I mean, it was also real. It was also terrible coaching. Like awesome, it, awful coaching. Even if Le'Veon wasn't washed, and I, you know, maybe he wasn't. He looked pretty okay at the beginning, of, but like, it was very clear that uh, the, the coaching wasn't doing me any favors. Uh, just quick, both your thoughts because we've already talked a lot about the offensive line. Kayla, just you know, quick thoughts on the offensive line. Uh, yeah, I mean, they were probably a group that I was most nervous about entering the off season, and I think that. They're coming back looking better. I think a lot of it probably has to do with coaching, like a lot of the team in general at this point. I mean, I don't want to absolve the players entirely of the blame, but when you have a coach that's not motivating, doesn't have a good scheme, is not playing to the players' strengths, I don't know how you're going to get great play out on the field. So regardless of how skilled you really are. So I think that these guys are probably being uh, taught better, probably used better, set up in a scheme that actually works with the players on their team. So hopefully that translates to good play throughout the season. And obviously they added a little bit of depth, probably not as much as I would have liked, but Mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, And I think it'll be effective. But I do think that they will be um, outshined by the defense no matter how well they play this season. I think that the defensive line is always going to be the storyline. So hopefully they just show up and do their jobs. And uh, that's really all I'm hoping to see from them. Yeah, what a unit to practice against, right? Yeah. Connor? I think, yeah, I pretty much agree with everything Kayla just said. It was just, I think my biggest kind of concern with them is just, I mean, if one of these guys gets hurt, (laughs) it's going to be a problem. And I think we learned pretty well, pretty, it was pretty apparent last year that 
I mean, he's a he's a great player. He's an absolutely mammoth human being. But Becton, uh, he got he was, hurt a couple times. He, he was limp. He, he, was some games. Li- he was limping today at practice, apparently. Yeah, so I too. You know, he he's a he, but I mean that's what happens when guys are this big and they're required to be in like this sort of position that requires them to move kind of as quickly and be as agile as uh, as is needed. You know, these kind of injuries and offensive line just kind of comes with the territory. These guys get yeah. hurt a lot. You know, the, the days of guys like Mangold and Debrickershaw Ferguson, the fact that Debrickershaw Ferguson, again, never missed a game as an offensive lineman in the NFL is rare. one of the wildest stats you'll ever see. Rare. But when, I mean, Dan Feeney, God bless him, he's great for internet content and memes and the mullet and then like drinking beers and the crowd at Islanders games and stuff like that. I just, I don't want to see him on the field a ton because I don't think he's cut out to like truly be like a long-term piece of an offensive line, you know? Can and he I say snap that, the ball? Can he like, can he, can he like be a long snapper maybe? Do we have maybe? one of those? I don't know. Maybe, maybe a punt protector like Tim Tebow the mullet, was. The mullet, should, <laughs> the mullet and the, and the beer drinking should keep him on the team. Right. Yeah. You know. He needs a locker room guy, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you need him. You need him. You absolutely need him. So, but I mean, so obviously Tucker, Bear Tucker is going to be playing next to Beckton. So not talking about that, but if, you know, Ben Roten or Ben Roten goes down. Who's looking better? Because again, this is going to happen with McGovern too as the center. That if Barry Tucker pans out as being a very good guard, it's going to make McGovern better, which is going to make the rest of the line better too. But if a guy like Van Roten goes down, who who isn't even very good to begin with, but if he goes down and Feeney or something like that has to come in, it's going to be an issue. So I would have liked to see some more lined up. I don't know what's what's happening with Cameron Clark. I mean, I'll give I'll give you a hint. Someone's gonna get hurt. Someone's gonna get hurt. I mean, <laughs> it's, it happens. It's, it's the football. Jets, the, it's football, and the Jets are the Jets. Jets. So it's gonna happen, and that is a very worrisome thing for me. So hey, uh, not to not to like crap on the offense, but it's gonna be the defense that keeps the Jets in games this year. That's yes. that's what it'll be, and 100%. we have to run with that and accept it. I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but like. <laughs> I think we're. I think we should be yeah. used to that at this point. It's been about. It's been yeah. about like. <laughs> it's been about like twenty years of that. <laughs> but it won't be as ugly on the other side. Yeah. It'll just it's be a, like less consistent or reliable. You know. This is the days of Testaverde and Wayne Corbett from from your lips <laughs> to God's ears. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as long as they're I'm averaging. Still, I am still very concerned about the secondary, but um. Yes. We don't. We, we don't need to discuss that this week because they didn't have any negative. Uh, Nothing bad happened. Nothing right. good happened, but nothing bad happened either. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the defensive line, last but not least. Uh, just absolute dominance. This unit can be very special. Bryce Huff and John Franklin Myers emerging over the last two years uh, has just been wonderful to watch. Not like John Franklin Myers was just a slouch before he got here. With the, he was with the Rams, and he was, you know, obviously overshadowed by guys like Michael Brockers and Aaron Donald and and whatnot. But this unit with Sheldon Rankins, Quinn and Williams is back today. He was uh, activated from the pup list. Um, you know, and you just think like, oh my God, oh yeah. And, that, and then there's also Carl Lawson. So you have Quinnen and Carl and Rankins and Huff and Myers, and I mean, there's just and your and your favorite player. Lorenzo and, oh, and Fullerunzo Fadokasi, <laughs> our guy. I love Fullerunzo. Yes. So I mean, listen, this is this is uh, uh this has the chance. I mean, even Coward was talking about this line today. He was like, "Yeah, this this line 
you know, Zach Wilson, he was like kind of backtracking a little bit because he knows he took a ton of heat last week for his take. So he's like, you know, Zach Wilson looked good, but this defensive line is going to keep those te- <laughs> that team in a lot of games and keep it a really low score. You know, Baker Mayfield, when he was a rookie, you know, he's a lot of shootouts. That's my, that's my Listen, I'll take shootouts. Uh, <laughs> at least, that, at least that keeps me in but, the game. But, so he's, but he's like, yeah, this Jets team, you know, they're really uh, this defensive line is going to keep them in a lot of games. They're going to, they're going to, it's going to be low scoring, and that's going to really help Zach Wilson. I'm like, all right, Colin, you know, you watch, you say, yeah, this this will be the last time you that 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 those two drives that you watch for the Jets have probably been like the first time you've watched them in like two three years because your <laughs> Sam Darnold take just imploded. Easily. Easily. Um, yeah, last year he was even like, yeah, you know what? I'm just not going to talk about Sam Darnold. Just not going to do it anymore because clearly whatever I'm doing is just not working. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> thanks, dude. We could have uh, used that two years ago. Um, just uh, real quick, your thoughts, Kayla, on this defensive line. I, I know, I, I, know I, I touched on a, a couple of different things, but any, any, anyone in particular you're looking forward to watching? Um, you know, I think the thing that's great about this defensive line is that Knock on wood, I am not wishing this on the team. I want to throw that out there. If someone gets injured, they'll be okay. And yeah. like, that's yeah. great. That's great to hear. And I think, too, what excites me the most about this is that you see where Robert Sala came from. The 49ers were just recently in the Super Bowl, and you, they built around the defensive line, too. So mm-hmm. you know that what they're putting into place has a history of working. You've seen it play out before. So I like to think that – and you, you can watch, like – going through the rankings of defenses over Salah's tenure as defensive coordinator, they're, they're moving up and up and up. And then even when, like, they get hurt, they're still, like, in the top. So mm-hmm. you think about those kinds of things, and you're like, the model that's being put into place here literally has proven results. And that's what excites me the most about it. I'm not looking for any one guy to outshine necessarily. I just want to see them really work as a unit to to do what they're supposed to do and have, like, a very, very effective group that we can rely on. Because when was the last time Jets fans have had an effective unit to rely on? I... As, Quin- as Quinnen said, and they're a bunch of sharks. <laughs> yeah, Shark, exactly. Sharks, sharks got to eat. I would say, though, I mean, Kayla, to answer your question, I think the last time we had, like, a unit to get excited about like this was the days of when Muhammad Wilkerson was good and when Sheldon Richardson was here and when Snacks Harrison was here. When like, Mo was the second-best defensive end in football behind J.J. Watt. Then we don't have to talk about it too much, but week 17 of 2015 happened and nothing was the same. Yeah, and well, last year. Hopes and dreams died. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you had to and, bring that up, man. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. But I will also, we haven't mentioned his name yet, but CJ Mosley, man, he's back. Yeah. He's playing. And he, and he was there. On, he was playing on Saturday. Also, I don't know if you guys watched One, one Jets Drive, the first episode of the last week. I haven't yet. But them talking about. Uh, like how he's like kind of built oh, himself I, back up and adjusting for this scheme and how he like um, lost all this weight to be like, you know, and you can tell like when he first got here, he was like, a, you know, he's kind of like a bigger dude. Now he's kind of like, you know, a little skinnier, but he's quicker. Mm-hmm. I think they said he's down to like 215 or something like that. And when he they came have his, did they have his dad on the show? Yeah. Cause they showed his like home base, his like home gym. Yeah. Like, this is where CJ's all the time. And it's like his home, like home, like basement, like the gym, it's like unfinished. It's like I, this guy like saw, a TV in there and it's like just like a weight bench. Yeah. <laughs> I saw like the clip of his dad saying, like, you know, like this this these last year and a half, two years, like like they were like saying like that I don't know if he said like they'd give the money back, but like he was just like, Yeah, like this has hurt us just as much as it like probably more than Jets fans. Like we like it has been killing CJ that he hasn't been able to play. And obviously with COVID, totally understand him not coming back last year. Any player that opted out. Um 
but yeah, but real quick, going back to the D line, even though I want to talk more about CJ because he's going to be awesome this year. Um, seeing Quinn and Williams say that, and Kale, this is what this was to your point talking about. Look, like you know, these guys adjusting to Salah's new scheme, the four three. Him saying that he was watching a lot of Fletcher Cox and Domkin Souf tape and what they do in a four three and things like that. Like, you know, Quinnen's a Quinnen's always been a uh, a free spirit, someone that I haven't had the most faith in. In in you know, just he he's been a free spirit to say the least. And uh, <laughs> you know, the whole bless you, thank you. You know, he's just like a a very aloof is the right word. He's a goofball goofball he's a goofball yeah so like i don't know it's just you know i don't know like i've never really had like a, a great sense of his work ethic and just hearing that i'm just like all right like this guy gets it like he's watching like he's watching the right people so i just wanted to throw that in there before we go back to cj oh, Mosley. also i gotta throw something out too yeah. i totally forgot to mention this my favorite quinning quote from today was calling playing for robert sala a huge upgrade in his career oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> i didn't that hear that that's fantastic that's like the zinger with his personality that you want him to throw in there. Like that's yes. what we want to get out of him. Love that. Players that went to the Jets after this season and they just went to other teams or just, I can't even imagine what's going through their brains. I honestly, I, I, I can't imagine what's going through Darnold's brain, seeing what the Jets did for Zach Wilson yeah. immediately. Like what they just did. And then Darnold's got to go down there. And now there's, there's talk of, uh, what's his name? The guy that he played, quarterback for the panthers on over the weekend because darnold didn't play oh uh walk yeah walker from temple right everyone was just like are we are we sure that darnold's the best quarterback on this team because he was out there lighting it up and i was like sitting there i'm like oh shit (laughs) it's happening again (laughs) best quarterback on the panthers like and you You know know, he should be happy he's no sam should be happy though you know you you said oh like what's sam thinking i think sam's really happy that he's i think he is i think that he's like all right they traded at least they traded me to like a decent spot where i got joe brady and i got matt rule and like i can dump it off to christian mccaffrey who can make my numbers look all nice and got robbie anderson back and you know they gave him a chance to at least be a starter again they didn't send him to a team where they know he was going to be a backup we'll see about that we'll see Uh, after that performance, he said he got a chance at being a starter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then sent him to Arizona or, you know, a team that they know who the starter is and he was definitely going to be the backup. He's got a shot. <laughs> so we've spent about 50 minutes so far just kind of slobbering all over this team, just like <laughs> just drool- drooling about the potential. Um, and that leads me to this question is there a chance this team is much better than we think, or are they going to be who we thought they are? Connor. I learned it. And I, and I phrased it that way on purpose. Yeah. Because, you know, they could be like, I mean, listen, being better, that, that's not a very high bar to, cr- to clear. Right. <laughs> they won two games last year and now there's an extra <laughs> game. So when I say much better, I mean like, you know, seven wins is much better. You know, like yeah. that—that's like middle of the of the league, like average. You know, so do you think they can? Do you think that they're capable of that, or is this team still a ways away from that? I think they definitely can, because also, also you got to remember the schedule a lot easier this year than it was last year. You got to remember the teams that the Jets played last year. They were a very bad team. No one is disputing that. But the teams they put, they played up, they they were up against. They had a gauntlet. They had a gauntlet. It was, uh, it was the NFC West. It was. Who was it? Who did they play in the AFC? They, the played, AFC the, they played the Chiefs. Yeah, they played the AFC West. Yeah. yeah. 
So, I mean, oh, it's yeah. like they played some of the toughest teams in the league. And the, and, and the AFC East was good, too. I mean, the Bills were in the AFC Championship game. The Dolphins, did they make the playoffs? They don't. No. They had 10 wins, though. They, they missed like, just the playoffs missed. in Week 17. Right. They, like, just missed it. And then the, the Pats were, you know, they weren't the way the Pats normally are. But it's like they were, like, they knew what they were. They were a middle-of-the-road team. This year, I mean, the Jets' schedule is a lot easier this year. Six, seven wins is certainly within the realm of possibility for this team to win with kind of like this just new kind of rejuvenized kind of offense, just new, like new players coming in. It just, it feels different. And it, and normally you kind of get that feeling. My friend said it to me the other day, he said, you kind of have like when a new coach kind of gets to your team, you kind of like, you hear like a good, one good thing about them and you kind of get really excited about potential. We never had that with Adam Gase. We knew exactly no. what was going to happen when that man was hired. Mm -hmm. And everything that happened is exactly what we thought was going to. This is different. This is – we're excited about this guy. We've never what seen him be a head coach, but we've seen what he's – like what Kayla said, we've seen what he can do in San Francisco. We know what Michael Ford did in San Francisco. Look how far we've come. Look how far we've come. <laughs> There's reason to be excited to watch the Jets play this year. Yeah, I looked so. at the first – I looked at the first three weeks, and I was like – like three, three and oh maybe yeah no no i think it can't i was like no nah, i can't be no who is it carolina carolina it? new england denver new england's home new england's home go to home opener Two and one heading into home against Tennessee, maybe? <laughs> then he the Falcons? Okay, then the okay. Patriots? The we got oh. to stop. Going undefeated? <laughs> <laughs> no, enough of, enough of these, these funny jokes. Um, Kayla, can this team win six or seven games, or are they going to be two and 15 like no. they were last year? They absolutely can. I mean, we're going to see an improvement at least. It's not going to be. It's not going to be just as bad as last they year. They better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they will. They will. I have all the faith. And <laughs> I know I started out saying like when the schedule first came out, I actually marked week one at the Panthers as a loss, and I'm changing that because Sam Darnold is going to be flat on his back that entire game, and I have no doubt in my mind about that. So or PJ Walker. Or I don't know. Or, it is. <laughs> or, or PJ. <laughs> Yeah. One of the two of them is gonna be flat on their back. Maybe yeah. both. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I have I have a lot of confidence in the direction that they're headed, and um, it, it's not going to be even close to what we watched last year. I, at the very least, even if they have only six wins, um, I think I put them at seven and ten as my initial like record prediction. But even if they only end up with six. I mean, we're not going to be watching games that they lose by two touchdowns, maybe one or two of them, but it's not going to be every game that way. And it's yeah. not going to be a shock when they play well either. So I think you're looking at a potential great turnaround. I mean, who knows what will happen? It's going to be injuries. It's going to be depending on the play of rookies. It's like any other NFL season. You don't mm -hmm. really know what you're getting until they hit the field and who's going to last and who's not going to get injured and uh, get messed up. But I think that uh, in terms of potential, yeah, there's absolutely the potential to go six, seven, eight, maybe nine. Mm -hmm. crazy. Slow down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just, just to you know, put things in perspective. You know, there has been a lot of roster turnover, but can either of you guess what the Jets' point differential was this from this last year? Oh gosh, I think I actually knew this number, but I can't remember it. 
don't know if I want to guess. No, you don't. You certainly don't. It's. I mean, it's double digits, correct? Oh yes. Yeah. Does it, does it at least start with a one? No. All right, like, I don't know, 22? 22? I don't know. Oh, we're talking full season, not per game. Full season, point differential oh, here. Oh, 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 okay. 117. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, no. All right. They scored, they scored 243 points, and they allowed 457 points, <laughs> which brings your total to 213 yeah and you know what i'm not even i'm not even gonna click on full standings or like look at the rest of the league that is without a doubt the worst point differential the nfl has had not just last year but probably for quite some time maybe ever could be up there possible i'm pretty sure connor we were talking about this multiple times we were like keeping track of this at one point at last season i can't remember what like if we actually just figured out because I think we had Claudio on at one point, mm-hmm. and he was telling us, like, he, like, did the math and was like, oh, yeah, 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 this is the worst, like, point differential <laughs> ever. You guys were correct. And I'm like, oh, good. It was, like, eight yeah. weeks in. We were – it was on pace for the worst season of all time. What Turned out we weren't out. we weren't far off. We weren't <laughs> far off. Uh, final thoughts. Anything, uh, anything going into Green Bay week where we practice against the mighty Green Bay Packers all week? Uh, I hope that it makes our secondary kick it into high gear. Some, That's what some, I'm some Brandon Eccles sightings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to see some of the because they took a lot of athletic guys as corners, maybe not proven like skill corners, but like they took guys with athletic potential. So one of them has to separate themselves from the pack. It, mm-hmm. Your odds are you got to you got to shoot at the target and hit once, right? right. So, hey, we got some good safeties back there too. Yeah. Hold on a second. Speaking of safeties. No, I was hoping we were going to make it through without having to talk about Blitz 5740. <laughs> 5740, and he's been brought up. That man, Jamal Adams. Boy, oh boy, am I happy he's not a Jet. <laughs> that man is asking for CJ Mosley money. That man is asking for, did you see what happened today? So the, the report came out, for those who hadn't seen it, that Jamal Adams wants to be classified as a, as a linebacker. Which just made my day because Connor, uh, what have we been saying for two so, years now? Blitz boy. Blitz boy. Glorified, glorified linebacker. And what do you know? That's what he considers himself as well. No, he considers himself a safety. But if the Seahawks try to try to like pay him as a safety and try to get franchise tag him as a safety, he's gonna file an injunction and say that he's a linebacker, so mm. he can still get paid as a linebacker, mm. which just makes no sense. Yeah. And all I can think of right now is. The uh, Floyd Mayweather quote, and imagine Joe Douglas saying it, saying, when it comes to legalized bank robbery, I'm the best there is. Because that's exactly <laughs> what just happened. I mean, can you imagine? Two firsts? Two can firsts? you imagine being stuck here with, like, as, like, you know. New just, regime, like, new coach, new, and, and, like, you have, yeah, new coach, new quarterback, all this stuff, and then you just have Jamal Adams holding out, like, overshadowing everything. It was I would one be, thing when Revis held so out. Upset. It was one thing when Revis held out because oh, corner the best the best, best player in football. Yeah, it was exactly. It was like well, that was one thing, and I remember those days. You know when 
people were calling for his head, like because it was just like oh, another instance of a spoiled athlete. During, more money. during hard knocks with the floor and park diners. It, it's what it's one of the best. It's one of the best hard knocks moments of all time when he comes back from the from the uh, from the holdout and Rex Ryan is just like looks like we just picked up some slap dick player. And, it's like, and Revis comes walking in, and all the players are clapping and bowing to him. It's the it's the best. Like everyone talks about the goddamn snack. That's still my favorite from that season. But I mean, we really just it it that's, can't it can't that's be a bullet. It can't be overemphasized just how large of a bullet the Jets dodged by trading Jamal Adams. It's funny because my my boyfriend has like a screenshot of a Snapchat I sent him after Jamal Adams was traded of like me crying and like I, it's I forget exactly what the caption is but every time there's some Jamal Adams news he like threatens me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so embarrassing now. <laughs> hey, I own a black Jamal Adams jersey. All right. I have so, a jersey too. I do. Uh, what's right, worse? So. What's worse, having that or having like uh, having a Le'Veon Bell jersey? Livian Bell. Yeah, it gotta be right. You know my, you know, I own, I own four Jets jerseys. I own a Mark Sanchez jersey that I got after he left the Jets because it was on clearance at Models, and a family friend just left it on our front porch, and I'm like, sure. sure. Um, <laughs> I have a Darrell Revis jersey. Nice. I have a Jamal Adams jersey, and last but certainly not least, I have a Dustin Keller. Jersey. Nice. Wow. With an inaugural season patch. Woohoo! Straight from China. (laughs) I have three. I have three. I have the Jamal Adams. I have an Eric Decker one, similar situation. Mm -hmm. He was my favorite, and then he was off the team, and it was $8. Um, And then I also have, this one's kind of crazy. I have a 90s Boomer Esiason Jets. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That is so awesome. I, that's a good one. tracked down on eBay and given to me as a gift. But a yeah, because you know, grew up listening to Boomer and Carton. I like yeah. love Boomer. So, and of course, now I work at CBS, which is pretty funny. But like, <laughs> so now I have his jersey just hanging in my closet. <laughs> and it's like that. It's like that green, like the like the old '90s green, or like what what what, what are we working with there? Yeah, it's like it's like the the white like V like around the neck like that yeah. and like I'll send you, I'll I'll post a picture of it. Yeah. <laughs> Connor, what do, you, own, what do you what do you got? I don't own any Jets jerseys. Boo! I learned a long time ago to Stop. never never <laughs> bet never buy a current player jersey. Uh, I just can't I, do I, it. I, I the turnover is too high. Financially, that's financially <laughs> sound advice right there. I just can't do it. You know, um, if I were to get one. I actually don't own a jer- like I don't own a jersey from any of the teams I root for. I just like you know the last Mets jersey I had was Matt Harvey. Are you guys both Mets guys? I am. Yeah. Okay, I was, there, so, I was there last night. All right, Harvey. so I've, I've been on a Mets jersey buying spree instead of Jets in recent years. And are you guys gonna get black jerseys when they come out? Because I will be first in line. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking to I, get. I, I, if I were to get one, yeah, it would be the black one. I was there the the night that they like the. First night that they brought the black jerseys. I want to. I want to. I want to. Of course, them. they lost, but like you know, I was there, yeah. and that was awesome. The atmosphere in the stadium that night was amazing. Yeah. I, I was jealous. I watched it on TV. It was great. It was great. I, I want like a. I want a black Strowman with a nice blue zero on my back. Yeah, I want. I'm getting Dom Smith. That's the black jersey nice. I'm getting. I'm a Dom Smith girl. Love him. He's the best. All right, I think that's all we got. Uh, any? We we. I think we did our final thoughts, Connor. Anything else? Go Jets. Yeah. Go Jets. Kayla? Final, yeah, final thing. 
go, Jess. All right, <laughs> folks. Uh, thank Kayla. First of all, thank you so much for coming on. Yes. You want to plug yourself real quick and tell them where they can find you on your social medias and wherever else. Yeah, sure. Um, I guess my I'll just plug the Twitter account. Uh, KP underscore on underscore TV back from the local news days. But, you know, local news survivors over here. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but I kept it because, you know, one day we'll, we'll be back on the big screen, I think. There you go. Keep that ver- verification, too. right? I, I, I screwed up and I changed my ad and I lost my verification and I haven't gotten it back. I'm still upset about that. <laughs> um, if you want to find anything else that has to do with Gotham, you can do so at Gotham SN on Twitter or at GothamSN.com. You can find all of our podcasts at GothamSN.com. And you can find this podcast or any of the other podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and uh soundcloud soundcloud yeah that's where it is <laughs> you always all miss- right i always miss one i always, usually it's spotify but mm-hmm. i miss that one all right that'll be all thanks for tuning in and we will see y'all next week <laughs>